Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Shane Melanson. Uh, Shane, tell us a bit about yourself, uh, about your investing journey and uh, how you got to Florida or investing in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, funny enough, I just got off a call with uh, one of my partners down there. And uh, so I'm, I'm here in Calgary, Alberta, yep. and I've been investing in real estate since about 04, uh, predominantly when I got started, like a lot of people, right? Residential, fix and flip. Then I got into, you know, spec houses and long-term rentals. And then in, oh, I can't remember the, the exact dates, but 05, 06, I started working at Sun Life as a lender. Okay. And then that was kind of my introduction into commercial real estate. Then in 08, I actually started going into the U.S. and we started to acquire properties for, my, for me personally and my investors. And then for, on behalf of a, a publicly traded company uh, that um, you know, my, yep. my in-laws are involved with. So that was kind of how I got my foyer into uh, commercial real estate, multifamily specifically in uh, Texas. Okay. Uh, and I've done some business in uh, Phoenix, California, and now my latest deal, which is a seniors in, um, in Florida. Cool. So I hear 2008, I always think the mortgage crisis and everything yes. else. So I'm guessing that happened and then you started or were you in that and then had to deal with it? <laughs> yeah, no, that, 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 that's a fair question. So we were, um, I think we had already started looking down in the U S yeah. and then when the mortgage crisis hit, we, we continued. And what was interesting is, I mean, if, if people are in the world of commercial real estate, they know that one of the biggest challenges is getting the attention of a broker, right? Yep. And so in, in uh, kind of late 08, early 09, there wasn't as many transactions. And so when I reached out to a gentleman in Austin, he said, I don't have what you're looking for, but I'm going to put you in touch with the lady at Collier's who, you know, I don't know if she did like a billion a, a year in, in transactions. Yep. Um, <clears throat> now she's taken Shane, Shane's call right? Who, yeah. who she has no idea who this guy is. And, uh, and that was kind of the introduction. I think she said it was one of the four class A apartments that transacted that year uh, over a certain price point. And then, and then from there, as you know, once you get your first deal, then people start to come out of the woodworks. Now you're real, you're legitimate, and they start sending you more and more opportunities. So it was, it was quite, you know, a fortunate time, but I mean, we didn't have a crystal ball. I mean, back then, you just have no idea what was going to happen. Uh, obviously, wish we would have bought everything, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You can say the same thing even in Ontario or, or in, you know, across Canada. Like, this stuff right. is appreciated like crazy uh, anywhere, yeah. like really. Um, but because um, that's why I, I, I'm Canadian investing in the U.S., but I still preach the Canadian stuff, too. Um, yeah. still, still great stuff here. Um so yeah, you're in there and from, I wasn't in the U.S. at that point. So okay. I'm guessing that your financing is going to be a, an issue for during that time or was it still open because it was in commercial realm rather than the residential? Well, no, it, it, there was like a lot of work that went into getting financing for sure. Uh, I mean, when we were doing it, call it privately with kind of a group of investors, we were buying all cash. Uh, but when we were looking at the commercial, they typically, the lenders were looking for pay downs on some of the debt. Uh, so they wanted to reduce their exposure. And like I mentioned, the company I was working for, they had, um, 
even though they were Canadian based, they did have a US entity that they had set up. And because they were of scale, it wasn't as much of a concern, if you will, right? Like they were able to navigate that, that. but we use commercial brokers. We use Bucadia predominantly and maybe Wells Fargo. Um, but it took a lot of, you know, I mean, I don't know how many meetings and, and friggin' flights down there, A, to find out who to work with, then even inside those companies to make sure that you're working with people that have your best interest in mind. And, uh, and, and eventually we, we really did build a, a great team that, you know, looked out for us because, you know, look, brokers are, are there to sell you deals uh, and the debt, uh, they want to make sure that you don't make a mistake. So having yep. kind of a really uh, smart and plugged in broker, uh, mortgage broker that is, was, was key for us. So you said flights in there. Do you think that really, like, um, a lot of times I do my stuff with like Zoom calls and stuff, but I'm always interested in this. Like, do you think it would help with the, like the relationships to be like physically in person? To 100%. Shaping? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that when we were really active, I was on a flight once a month and sometimes even more frequently yeah. because it, it like these are good, right? I mean, because yeah. we get to see each other. So it's, it's better than a phone call. But if you and I went for beer or we went to a hockey game or we went golfing or we drove around for four or 10 hours or five days, I mean, you really get to know someone, right? Yeah. And you and you have dinner and you like, I mean, <laughs> when I was younger, you know, I could handle, uh, you know, the, the drinking and the late nights and stuff like that and still wake up the next morning and, and go look at properties. Uh, and that was, that was all part of it. Right. I mean, like it was, it is very relationship and I don't know if Texas is different, but old boys club. And if you want to break in, uh, it, it took some time, right? Like, look, they, 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 these, these assets can go to any credible buyer and there's no shortage of them. Uh, and so they're going to call the people that they like, right? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And even my bank has asked me a lot of times, like, next time you come into town, come in and come shake our hands. Like, we see you doing lots of stuff, but like, let's let's do a let's do a personal uh, meet and greet, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, the and and that's the other part too that I found is, like, when I was in Phoenix recently, I not recently, but like pre-COVID, actually, yeah, right yeah. before COVID hit, I actually yeah. dropped a deal that I was working on, and um, we met with the bank. And I think it was a Wells Fargo or something like that. And like when, when the president comes to a lunch and you know, they're obviously yeah. taking it seriously because they also knew that I flew from Calgary. Right. And so if I'm going to invest whatever, 2000, $3,000 to go down and go look at a property, um, they know that I've got skin in the game, both in equity and in time. And so I think that that's, that's huge. I mean, anybody that I'm coaching that is looking to get into the U S for sure. I, I, I mean, you know, you have to, you have to be safe, but if, if you yeah. can go down, I think that that's huge. Makes sense. Okay. So, um, you got those properties, you bought them cash. How does the rest of the story go? You refinance, you sell them. What, 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 how has happened with these things since then? <laughs> well, so when we bought a portfolio of residential houses, we bought them in Riverside. So just outside Palm Springs or in that Palm Springs area. Yeah. And we bought, um, it's funny. I, I just saw a graph on this. So Riverside it went down until probably 2011, 2012. So even though we bought well below replacement cost and, and what assets we're selling for, um, I would say that, that deal worked out okay, but not because we were so smart. I mean, we, we got in, um, the currency helped us and, uh, and we did buy below replacement, 
but it didn't work out like I thought that it would have. Okay. So I'll just be very, very candid on the multifamily that I helped uh, acquire. Like those did extremely well, like two and three X and on equity. Um, But because they were buying, like the big difference was they were buying cash flow, So they were able to sustain during, you know, the, the tough period. And then, I mean, cap rates compress, rents go up, vacancy goes from 10% to 5%. And, you know, you're like, we're buying a a properties for 83 a door. Like you can't even buy a friggin' C property in a lot of these places now for 83 a door. So um, yeah, so it was, it was very good timing. Yeah. So, okay. So do you keep these properties? You still have them today? Nope. Everything I'm out of the U S except for this, this new opportunity that I'm looking at in Florida. Okay. So, so why do you sell? Back. Let's go over that. Like I'm always interested because I'm, I'm doing, I have a little strategy of my own, but why, yeah. why, uh, why sell them? Why is it like, well, is it a five-year term? Was it like the, the way you'd set up the plan or like, what was the reason to sell them? So on the residential, it was like, it was, uh, I, I found it to be very time consuming to manage such a small portfolio, right? Okay. Okay. To have like a two or $3 million portfolio, that's four hours away and managing tenants. Like, yeah, you can do it, but it was a distraction, quite frankly. And, and we could just look at it and say, okay, what is the upside that we're going to get out of this? And we had kind of realized on it. And so, you know, the, the time to get out, it was, it was clear to us. Now, should have we kept it a little bit longer knowing what we see today? Yeah, I suppose, but we don't know that. Oh, hindsight's um, 2020. You never know. Yeah. On, on the multi side, I mean, that wasn't my decision. Uh, so there was probably, you know, many factors, but I think when you, when you can look at and, and experience that type of a profit and then roll it into, because this company pro- predominantly does uh, land development, yep. they just saw an opportunity there. And so they've, they've, I mean, their U.S. acquisitions have done very, very well. Okay, so uh, let's fast forward. So now you're looking at Florida. Um, why Florida, and what are you what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, everything that I'm looking at right now, as it relates to going into the U.S., is uh, like I, I really want to have a partner down there, yeah. just because of of the challenges with travel and operations. And so this deal actually came to me. So uh, there's an operator. And so this is a skilled nursing facility. Okay. Okay. So in Canada, I didn't even know what that was. Right. I thought it was kind of seniors. That's usually how I kind of describe it, but essentially a skilled nursing facility, the, the kind of easiest way that I can explain it is when someone goes to the hospital, they get sick, they get hurt. Uh, Here in Canada, you can stay in the hospital because we have in, you know, it's covered in the U S the insurance companies, Medicare, Medicaid, HMOs. So what they like to do from my understanding is they like to, Uh, try to get them into a skilled nursing facility sooner because it's a fraction of the cost of staying at a hospital, right? Uh So for argument's sake, let's just say it's $1,500 a a day. If you're in a hospital at a skilled nursing, it could be, uh, you know, 300 to 600. So it's, and you still have nurses, there's physicians on, on staff and whatnot. So there's a, there's a real need for it. The other thing that I like about this, now that I've started to really understand and learn this um, business model is there's a pretty big moat and the moat is really, um, how do I put this? You need what's called a certificate of need, which means that you can't just open up a skilled nursing facility because you think that, you know, you're close to a hospital and you just want to pop one up. Like there's a lot of regulations around it. And so the barriers to entry are high. 
And so when it was presented to me, I started to see this, I started to see the returns and the cap rates. And I, and at first I didn't really believe it because they, I don't like use the word too good to be true, but it was kind of like, like, why is this such a good asset and why are the returns so high? But then I started to think about it. I'm like, well, it is a business, number one. So you should be compensated more, right? Because there's more skilled labor involved. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other thing obviously was just the, the nature of the fact that uh, you do need a really good operator to oh, execute yeah. on, on the business model. So uh, anyways, this gentleman had been in the business for 25 years uh, and is now starting to look at acquiring the assets that he manages uh, on behalf of the owner that, that is potentially looking to exit some of these. So, so this operator, like you, you basically, he was running the operating this project. You just took over the ownership and you kept the same operator and, and we kept so, Yes, but I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking it over, like I'm being involved in the deal. Okay, okay got it. So, so I'll have an ownership stake, but, yeah. but I'm, not, I'm not necessarily calling the shots. I'm, I'm influencing and helping a lot of it. Yeah. But yeah, so think of it like, you know, think of it, the best analogy might be a property manager and uh, an apartment building. And the owner of the apartment building says, I'm getting tired of owning this apartment building goes to the property manager, property manager says, I'd love to own this, but I've never bought one. So I don't know how to get the money. I don't know how to acquire this. And so that's where they brought me in to help them through that process. That's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they, yeah, then they, they the, the crazy part is that they found somebody all the way in Canada to, to pull this all together for them, which is interesting. Well, okay. So, so that's interesting. Well, you have your partner, you have your partner, right? Well, so there's the, the people, the guy in Florida, but the, I met, uh, his partner, if you will, at a conference in the U.S. in Florida, uh, or it was either in Florida or in Vegas, one of the two. Uh, I met him in, at both places. I just don't know which one was first. So, like to your point, when you meet someone in person, I stayed in touch with him. Uh, I've probably built a relationship over the past five years with this individual, and uh, and just given him a lot of like kind of you know help and guidance along the way as he's been going through. And then now it's like it's you know this is real, Shane. You've been a very good help. We could hire you as a consultant or we could bring you into the deal. I'd like to bring you into the deal. So, no, yeah, it's kind of how I went. Okay. So your job kind of is it the consulting thing or are you on the, the money raising side or like what is your, your, your part to the, the whole thing? In this deal specifically? Yeah. yeah. I'm just, just kind of curious. So I would say it's everything as it relates to the acquisition of the assets. So it's on the capital, it's on the debt, it's on the structure, um, it's on you know, just asset management of, of a real estate. I mean, it's, you know, if you think about yeah. when you come at it from an operations perspective, it's very different than when you come at it from owning the real estate. So I bring the view and the eyes of, of a real estate owner and he's, you know, an incredible operator. So that's how it's, the marriage is coming together. Okay. And then I'm, I'm always kind of curious when I hear all these things and yours is such a different one, right? Yeah. So, um, for if this is too personal, just say so. But I'm just curious, how do you get paid? Is there like an acquisition fee at the start, and then you part of the cash flow, and then part of the exit, or how is it all like structured? I'm just, just I'll just have a person. Yeah, I'll have a percentage of the deal, just okay. like an owner would, right? Okay. Ten percent, twenty percent, thirty, whatever. You know, we have something negotiated, but I'd, I'd, you know, yeah. like to keep that confidential. No, no, I but don't. It's, but it's meaningful, and in exchange for that, yes, there's, there's other. Yeah. fees that will probably be earned and all the rest of it because like my my 
my daytime job, whatever you want to call it. So I'm a developer here in Calgary, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've got several projects on the go. So for me to get into something like this, it obviously has to be, you know, worthwhile for for both sides, right? So. Cool. And then, um, so you're buying an existing facility and like I listened and talked to and interview um, multifamily syndicators and stuff all the time. Um, Is there a value add component to this? Is there some sort of thing you're trying to try and force some appreciation? Yeah, that's... um, I think it's always important, right? Number one, th- people like that story. It can't be BS. Like it's got to be something substantial and real. And so on this side, it's not like you're going to go in and fix up rooms, right? But you, you add additional services. And so I'm going to get out of my swim lane if I start talking about the types of services because I, I, just, I yeah, just know that, no. that we're expanding. So think of it like in multifamily, you might say, okay, we're going to do trash pickup and we're going to do this and we're going to build back. So there's... Um, additional services. We're bringing in-house certain uh, like therapy, for example. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, so, some of these things, you, you, it's just crazy. Like uh, it, it can be like a $25,000 a month uh, increase just by doing one, I don't want to say simple because I say it's simple, but it's not simple. It's just, it's a decision, which is simple, but the execution obviously requires a lot of energy and effort. And then in, in addition to that is, um, I don't know. I don't know how much I can share is it with no, related to, to our business model, but there's yeah. but there's ways that you can go out and and the types of um, residents that come in and the type of uh, insurance that you're getting. If you're if you understand the game, I call it the game. Uh, you can you can essentially double the value of what a bed is worth, and so that is in the works. And he's already been uh, my partner. That is has already got those steps in place. So yes, value add, that's a long way of putting it, but it's, <laughs> but it's not like we're going to fix up, put granite and, you know, no, no, no. Uh, paint the common areas. Cool. And it's kind of like, it, it's an interesting model too, because um, the one part that always scares newbies is the, you know, you're dealing with rate, uh, collecting rent and stuff, but you're, you wouldn't have, in your business model, you wouldn't have that same sort of thing because you're collecting from an insurance company, correct? correct. That's right. So just, you have to know, have someone, an operator that knows how to do all this paperwork. But that's, yep. uh, I, that, I don't know, for a lot of people, that sounds like a dream. That's why people get into Section 8 and all these housing different di- programs that exist. Yeah, I, I think that there's, like, I'm, I'm always, key, I just keep my eyes open because I think that when you get into real estate and you start to just see different business models, uh, and, and if you have a skill set, and so my skill set, raising capital, finding opportunities, you know, structuring yep. deals, then I can get into something that I have really very little experience in, right? Like I don't have 25 years in um, as an operator of a skilled nursing facility, right? But I can partner up with someone and they say, hey, Shane, you have 15 years over here. You know, th- there's, there's a good exchange of value. That, that is, there's the golden nugget of the whole thing. And that's what I do with my business. When I go into something else, I partner with someone who's already been doing it. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the key to this whole thing is find someone who already is smarter than you in that department. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's great. Uh, anything else I should ask you, Shane, before I let you go? Uh, no, I think, I think that, uh, you know, you've asked some, some great questions. I, I would, I mean, back to when we first started, yeah, I think yeah. if someone's going to go into the U S um, I would really spend some time like, every asset I invest in, I see, you know what I mean? Like that, that is just so important. Now in transparency, I haven't been able to get down to Florida, but you know, the, the, the operator, he's been there for a long time and you know, he's taking me around in videos and all the rest of it. But 
I just think that going and physically seeing properties, and that's why I like bigger deals because it justifies the time to go down there. Like I literally just went yesterday to go look at an asset that, uh, that we were going to make an offer on and we drove around, we did the concentric circles yeah. and uh, sure enough, we saw something that we didn't like, like it was substantial. And I just said like, I, I, I think we're the bigger fool if we get into this deal. And this is in my backyard. You can imagine if you go to a city you've only visited once or twice and uh, like, look, it's pretty easy to make an aerial or pictures look nice, but when you actually get to a property, it's uh, it kind of tells you a different story. So I think if you're going to put that much money out. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That'd be no, no, I, I totally agree. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I might have kind of misled people because people, when they talk to me, I'm like, Oh yeah, I buy real estate remotely all the time. And I always say that and I don't see the properties, but someone on my team has saw the properties. One of my contractor walks the properties and gets me the video and they're basically a partner. I work with them like on 20, 10, well, that's probably, well, five, five to 10 properties at a time, right? They're, we're, we have an active relationship. So I, I, maybe I should add that in and I'm not doing this blindly. You should have eyes on these things. You certainly have the mindset of, you know, like, cause you see the value in partnering up with someone. And it's the same reason I do too, right? Like I can do some of these deals on my own uh, here locally, but I always bring in partners if for the most part, because there's, I just know there's things I don't like to do, right? Number one, and there's things that I'm not as good at. And so if you can find someone that can, that can kind of compliment you on some of those, you know, activities that really need to be done. Uh, I think that that's huge value. And I think some people that are maybe a little bit too, uh, I don't know what, what the right word is. Like, like, you know, if I give away half the deal, then I'm losing half of that money. Right. Like, like, like they're almost scarcity minded versus saying, yeah, but if I bring in two or three people, I could do 10 deals versus one deal. Uh, or I could do a bigger deal or I could make sure I don't screw this up and lose half a million dollars or whatever the number is. So, yep. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Cause even when I started, I kind of did some dumb stuff like that. I bought some turnkey at the early days and I'm like, if I just would have partnered with someone, you know, even if I was putting all the money in, yes. I would have been so much farther ahead. You know, the, what, what's, when you look at some of those properties that, uh, you know, like, oh, I still did good on them, but what bailed me out was appreciation, you know, cause you, and you start, when you're starting, you, you make mistakes, especially if you try to do it yourself. 100%. And um, by just skipping that step, you're way ahead. Even if you have to give away a part of the deal to bring someone who knows yeah. that already, <laughs> it'd still work out. You, instead of buying turnkey, I could have bought something we would have renovated and refied and I would have got all my money back. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. You're like, it's, yeah. it's, it, there's, there are rookie mistakes and, but yeah, I've learned from it. And you, you, that's the thing. Everything we give this, we just keep getting better and better. Uh, I just had a, was trying to figure out a currency loss because um, right now the dollar is uh, backwards when bringing money back to Canada. And it's, you know, at first you're like, have a panic. You're like, oh my God, I'm losing so much money on this conversion right. because it went, we back, bought it back a year ago when the dollar was different. But yes. you sit down and you relax. It's going to be a write off. And then you go, what can I learn from this? How can I make this better? Yeah. <laughs> How can I do better for this? And then you're like, and it, that, that's the, that's the hard part. A lot of people just skip that step. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that, that, that's right. I mean, um, look, I don't, I don't know of a single real estate investor. I think there's only one person I've ever heard say that they've never made a mistake in, in, you know, or lost money in real estate. I mean, it's just the nature of it. There, there's a lot of complexities. And um, uh, if you can leverage off someone that has 
10, 15, five years experience that's been there uh, to avoid, like if you can avoid the biggest mistakes, you're still going to make mistakes. But if you can avoid like the, the, the deal, like the things that take you out of the game, I think that that's, that's huge. So yeah, yeah, I think we're both on the same page there. Yeah. Cool. Shane, love this chat. This was great. Um, people wanted to track you down. Uh, how do they do so? Just my website's the easiest one, shanemelanson.com. And my last name is M M E L A N S O N. I'll throw that in. Yeah. Yeah, my, my dog is going crazy upstairs so <laughs> no problem I'll, I'll throw that in the show's notes too if somebody wants to, to find you but uh, thanks for coming to the show I, I really appreciate it this was a good one okay thanks Glenn